throat. That's right. A little horse. Yeah, but Tiffany got mine, so there's encouragement in the house of the Lord today. I don't know if... Uh, Some of you may have gone two weeks ago and I changed horses in the middle of the stream and threw out the message I was going to preach on because of what happened in Israel, what's happening. <clears throat> and... Uh, Hey Rob, can you flash that that chart? That uh, chart. Uh, don't worry about it. I'm just wondering. Uh, we went through why uh, what's happening in Israel, how different it was from the 1967 war and the 1973 Yom Kippur war, and uh, what does the Bible say about some of these things with Israel? We went through Second Thessalonians, chapter 2, about the Antichrist and what he will do with Israel and how I believe this is certainly setting the stage for Israel and the world to look for somebody who thinks they could solve this problem. And the trouble is the Bible teaches us that Israel will swallow it, hook, line, and sinker, and uh, trust this, this uh, man so much uh, that they will relax their security. And, and then, of course, in the middle of the tribulation, he double-crosses Israel. We talked about that. And uh, did, did there, was everybody here? Now, the reason I'm asking, you need this chart. If you're going to understand, just, it's just a basic chart of uh, the times and, and uh, prophetic uh, things concerning Thessalonians and also the tribulation millennium. Did you get this? I have extras. What I, I where I'm getting? Did everybody get one? You didn't get one. And of course, last week or last time, I gave you the the uh, verses for each one of these uh, things. And anyhow, <clears throat> I want to continue that today. And you can take it off now if you want, Rob. I just wanted people to make sure that they had that uh, chart. Remember now, uh, what I want you to do first of all is to turn to Revelation twelve. Now, we're not going through all these with verses. I'll give them to you, but they're going to be only four. What's happening in Israel and the butchering that the Hamas did. By the way, I want you to know what Hamas means. Do you know what Hamas means in the Hebrew, the Hebrew form? It means violent. And if you followed the news at all and, and saw the Inhumanity, it was just as bad as ISIS was a few years ago, or even worse. And uh, I want you to know a few things 
about what the Bible says about anti-Semitism today. Not political. It's not uh, not even country-wise. Uh, it's what does the Bible say uh, about that? And uh, if you're a student of history, if not, you should be. Because history is his story. And the story of Jesus and how it all started in the Garden of Eden in Genesis 3.15. And then in Abraham was called out of Ur of the Chaldees, which is the present-day Iraq. And from him, the Jewish nation came. From him also came Ishmael with his fling with Hagar, according to his, his I don't think he resisted his wife's suggestion hard enough, but out of Ishmael came the Arab nations. So there you have it. God's plan was not through Ishmael. God's plan was through Isaac. And, and that's where anti-Semitism started because what you see is Isaac or Ishmael persecuting Isaac when they were kids. You got that? And that that's all in Genesis 15 and 16. I can show you that in a little bit. But see, let's, let's take your notes for just a minute. In this study, we want to take an overview of the events of the tribulation, which are momentous. Now, I'm only going to give you 12. There, there are 21 more. Did you know that? 21 more additional judgments as the consummation of the Lord's plan and the cleansing of the sinful uh, earth uh, takes place. And I'm going to give you the 12 major ones. <clears throat> then we'll go from there. And it's really on my heart. I'm saddened to think that there are some pastors who never even mention what's happening in Israel today. And you and I have got to be on it. And uh, I told you two weeks ago that this is different than those other wars. <clears throat> so in Revelation 12, now I gave you the first statement, momentous. Now go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Go down to the ninth one. One of the uh, parts of the tribulation is the persecution of Israel. Israel came around in Genesis 12, and it's all through the Bible. No other nation is the center of history than Israel. Do they do everything perfect? No. I remember I didn't like the way they relocated some families way back in the 60s and 50s after they became a nation in 1948. They made some mistakes there. But this is, this is a, <clears throat> a nation with God's hand, heart, and eye upon it. And give credit where credit's due. I love the strong statements of our own president um, and his secretary of state, who, by the way, in case you didn't know it, is, always, is also Jewish. Did you know that? Now you know. Uh, <clears throat> but beware, because if this goes long enough, and the Hamas keep using the human shields of the Palestinian people. Uh, and more casualties come. Uh, 
beware of the rhetoric that will change, I'm afraid. Now I want to show you who's behind anti-Semitism throughout the Bible and throughout history. What does the scripture say? Okay, go to Revelation 12. Now in Revelation, there are some types of symbolism. There are There is symbolic stuff in Revelation 12. And any, any Bible scholar thinks it's very clear what it's referring to. So let's read it. Somebody read it for me. Just, just start on verse 1, and I'll holler when I want you to stop. A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, and a moon under her feet, and on her head a crown, twelve stars. He was with child, and she cried out, being in labor and in pain, to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his head were seven diadems, and his tail cut away a third of the stars of heaven, and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she gave birth, he might devour her child. And she gave birth to a son, a male child, who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and to his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness, where she had a place prepared by God, so that there she would be nourished for 1,260 days. Three and one half years. Go ahead. And there was war in heaven, Michael and his angels waging war with the dragon. The dragon and his angels waged war, and they were not strong enough, and there was no longer a place found for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil, and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down, he who accuses him before our God day and night. And they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb. Amen. Now go ahead. <clears throat> because of the word, their testimony. And they did not love their life, even when faced with death. For this reason, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, knowing that he has only a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was thrown down to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. But the two wings of the great eagle were given to the woman so that she could fly into the wilderness to her place where she was nourished for a time and times and a half a time from the presence of the serpent. Three and a half years, go ahead. And the serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman so that he might cause her to be swept away with the flood. But the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and drank up the river which the dragon poured out of his mouth. 
So the dragon went into the woman and went off to make war with the rest of her children who kept the commandments of God and hold the testimony of Jesus. Thank you, Doc. And it will save my voice a little bit that way. The persecution of Israel. <coughs> There's obvious symbolism here. And uh, the woman represents Israel. You don't need to be a rocking scientist. The male child is who? Who's going to rule the world is Jesus Christ. And uh, the dragon represents Satan. <coughs> now, what you get out of this, <coughs> I have a cough drop. Just happened to have one. <coughs> Something triggered that. I don't know what. But anyway, what you get out of this is the basic reason for anti-Semitism in this world. Okay? The basic reason is simply Satan hates Israel because Israel, through Israel, came the Messiah and God's whole purpose of redemption into the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. So this male child <clears throat> represents the biggest enemy of Satan. And so that brings you and I into it when we come to know Christ since Christ is in you, the hope of glory, now you belong to Jesus. So how does Satan feel about you? But in this context of what we're seeing in the Middle East, you need to understand anti-Semitism, write it down somewhere, anti-Semitism is satanic in nature. Okay? It's satanic in nature. In other words, Satan is behind it. He has been behind it since Genesis. If you're any kind of a history buff, you know what happened in 70 AD. The Roman general Titus marched through Israel and murdered 1,100,000 Jewish people. <coughs> it's fact of history. Today, Israel is a nation of 7.1 million people surrounded by 22 million Arabs. And the only reason that they haven't been pushed into the sea is because Israel belongs to the Ancient of Days. Amen? God who is in control. Now, in World War II, there were good German people who violently, just vehemently disagreed with what Hitler and Nazi Germany was doing to the Jews. In 2023, there are some good Palestinian people who disagree very much so with Hamas and what they are doing in their conquest of wiping Israel off the map. That's in their charter, by the way. Their charter that was uh, 35 years ago actually put on on print, it says their charter is to kill the Jewish people and wipe them off the map. That's in black and white. That's in their cha uh, charter. And not all Palestinian people. So they end up suffering there too. You need to pray for them as well. But we stand with the Jewish people because God stands with Israel. We stand with those Palestinians who disagree with uh, and, and uh, are, are suffering 
because Hamas does not care about anything else but their but what they want to do to Israel. And they don't care who dies. They don't care who gets hurt. They have all their rockets and tunnels built underneath hospitals and schools. And what's that tell you? What does that tell you about Israel? And God's plan for Israel, by the way, will take up, I believe, right after the rapture. God's plan for the whole part of the tribulation is Israel. And uh, that will take, after the rapture, take up. <clears throat> uh, what does it tell you about a nation who drops leaflets in Arabic from the sky, warning them to leave, uh, all the innocent people to leave, because they're going to go in and clean out these terrorists? And so I think it behooves us to be aware of what's going on. And I'll show that to you at the end of the message. Okay. So, a persecution of Israel. And for lack of time, we don't have time now, but Genesis 15 and 16 gives you where it all started. And you can look it up sometime. Abraham and Sarah uh, tried to push God into a time frame and it didn't fit their time. And Sarah hatched the scheme of uh, Abraham uh, going in onto Hagar and Bearing, bearing children by Hagar. It was a mistake. It was a bad deal. And as God told Hagar in the wilderness, he said, you're going to have a son. You will call him Ishmael, and he will be a wild man, and every his hand will be against every hand. That describes really the uh, Islamic... Uh, Terrorism to the to the T, and that was way back in Genesis. So let's go back up to the top. <clears throat> I'm going to try to make this as brief as possible. The Federation of States into the form of the old Roman Empire, and you read Daniel two and and Daniel seven, but especially Daniel two, the vision that Nebuchadnezzar had is so important for every born-again believer to understand. It was a vision of a big colossus. The head was made of gold. The arms and the chest were silver. The loins were brass. And the legs were of iron. And the feet were iron mixed with clay. And then as he had this dream and he saw this great big thing, a stone came out of heaven that was not cut with hands. And it landed, and it and it uh, smote the feet of this colossus, and the whole thing came down into dust. That stone, of course, is symbolic of our Lord Jesus Christ at His coming. And all these different, uh, the head, the shoulder, represent world empires. The the gold head was the Babylonian Empire under Nebuchadnezzar whom the dream was given. And then you had the Persian, the uh, Mede-Persian uh, Mede Empire of silver. By the way, you know where Persia is? Iran was called Persia until like 60 or 70 years ago. It was called Persia forever. Persia and Iran are the same thing. And I'll tell you something else. 
if you read Ezekiel 38 and 39, you get into the prophecy of Gog and Magog. And you will find that there'll be an invasion of Israel from the north. And uh, the terms that are used there describing the, the nations are not anything we recognize except Persia. <coughs> and uh, scholars have gone back <coughs> and seen the names of these. And uh, the name of Russia stands for Russia. And Russia and Persia will form an alliance. Do I think that's part of what's going on now? I don't think so. Because if you read that, you find out that they came from the north. This is from the south. Um, if you see Hezbollah enter the conflict, which is from the north, then you got to start taking real notice of what's happening, okay? But from the Bible, you can be sure that when the stone that is cut out without hands comes to earth and smashes all the world empires, so you had Babylonian, you had Medo-Persia, okay? Then you had the Greek Empire, Alexander the Great. Then you had the Roman Empire, legs of iron. And then the feet... And the toes mixed with iron and clay, which is a weaker form of alliance. You had ten toes. All of that fits into the, the ten kingdoms that you just saw, of the dragon and all that stuff. When that happens, I believe that'll be in the tribulation period. And I, and I think these states will come together, and it'll look like the old Roman Empire, and that's all I can say. The rest is just speculation. But I want, I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ will put an end to world domination of Gentile nations. And that's what this is about. In 586 B.C., Jerusalem was carried away captive and didn't have any part of, of present-day Israel. They were just carried away until 1948. And uh, <clears throat> so we're living in times, I think, where the consummation is getting pretty obvious for any Bible student. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> so I'm glad that Jesus is coming again and he will smash that, that thing, that Colossus. By the way, one of the most important prophetic terms in the Bible is called the times of the Gentiles. We're living in the times of the Gentiles. The times of the Gentiles will end permanently when that stone comes back and Jesus Christ sets up his throne in Jerusalem and rules the world in the 1,000-year millennial reign. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? Now, what does all this have to do with us? You'll find out. Okay, number two, the formation of a false religious system under the false prophet. Just going to read these. False prophet will dupe so many people that, and then the pouring out of the judgments under the seals. That's in Revelation six. Remember the first four. Huh? The rider on the white horse, rider on the black horse, 
rider on the red horse and the rider on the pale horse. Those are the first four seals that are opened up. Those are all judgments. The rider on the white horse is the Antichrist. It is not Jesus. Keep that in mind. Then you have the pouring out. Uh, yeah, uh, then you have the separation of the 144,000 witnesses, Revelation 7. These will be born again Jewish evangelists. 12,000 from each tribe will go through the whole earth. And many, many will come to know Christ at a terrible cost. Then you'll have the pro proclamation of the gospel of the kingdom. <clears throat> then you'll have the trumpet judgments. Remember, the, the seventh seal opens up to the trumpet judgments, seven of them. Just terrible, terrible time to be on earth. Then you have the rise of the special two witnesses of God. I've got to preach on this sometime. What a thrilling, thrilling account of the two witnesses the world hated so bad. There's, and they couldn't kill them. And finally they did. And the whole world started giving gifts to each other to rejoice because these two witnesses had tormented the earth. They're represented, God's representatives. And they'll lay on the street for three and a half days and they'll rise again. And uh, all that's exciting, okay? Now, we already did this one, the persecution of Israel, anti-Semitism. And then enter the bold judgment as the seventh trump opens up into seven bold judgments. And then finally, the overthrow of the false religious system. Am I going too fast? We started a little late, so we're going to have to have a few extra minutes. And then the campaign, not just battle, the campaign of Armageddon. Ezekiel 38 and 39. That's when I'm telling you that Persia, you know what? Iran and Russia are closer than they've ever been this day. We'll read about that in Ezekiel 38. Okay, these are just the main events. Many more events connected with the second advent of Christ could rightly be said actually belong on this list. Now, I make this statement. I am glad that I am saved. Aren't you? Have you put your trust in Jesus Christ? Because then... You are his special object to take care of. God specializes in taking care of his own people. And what happened in Maine and what's happening in Israel, what happened all around the world, the Bible says, as in the days of Noah, so also be the coming of the Son of Man, where violence filled the earth. So it's ridiculous to try to pick a time and pick a date, the people have done that, uh, are really acting in a Dunkoff way because no man knows that except for God himself. But there are signs of the times and we're in it. Okay, I'm so glad that I'm saved. Now turn with me to Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. What does this have to do with you today? You live in a nice little... Uh, center of America, which is mostly a 
conservative, quiet area, except for when the when the uh, cranes come over. Have you been underneath big flocks of cranes? Yeah, it sounds like an orchestra. That's out of tune. What does it have to do with you today? Here's your exhortation. Titus 2, 11 through 14. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. We're talking about Jesus Christ, full of grace and truth. John 1, 14. He was made manifest to the whole world. He brings salvation. Verse 12. And that grace teaches us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly. What does that word mean? It means alert and aware. And any pastor that doesn't bring out some of these things because of these times is not worth his salt. You and I need to know that the time is short. So live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. And here's what else you and I need to do. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Every day, when you get up, think, is this the day? And then live accordingly. Because it can happen any moment. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, people, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. You see this? You are so special to the Lord. Every one of the people who trust in Christ as Savior are part of his jewels. And to purify himself, his own special people. <laughs> that brings me to the final verse, Philippians 4.4. 4. This is what it says. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Sing with me, will you? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. How about that? Huh? Rejoice in the time that God has put you here. Realize the importance of what's happening in the world so you're not an ostrich Christian with your head down in the sand. And understand the time is short. So stick together, work together, love each other. This is a great church body. I believe that with all my heart. I've seen you operate for three years. Come on now. And uh, keep on keeping on for the glory of God. We're going to skip the last song. Let's pray. I thank you, Lord, for the times in which you put us here. And Lord, help us to always remember what the scripture says, that he that toucheth Israel toucheth the apple of your eye. As you said other, in other places, that Israel is your glory. So we pray for Israel. 
We pray that peace will come. We pray for the Palestinian innocent people that they too will have a turning to you through all of this. We pray for the evilness that is happening because of this Hamas. Again, we pray that you will do your perfect work in your perfect time. But help us, Lord, in this day and age to look for your coming and to rejoice and not be worried, but to rejoice in trusting in your powerful promises for these times in Jesus' name, amen. Because I don't want to give you my frog, I'm not going to greet any of you. But I'll...